Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. I hope everyone's having a great and amazing morning. Today, I want to touch on the 12 marriage assassins. And as I was reading this morning, I kind of was thinking about just my relationship with Christ. So this morning, I kind of got up like an hour late, one hour and a half to be exact, and um, I kind of just was feeling a little bit upset, and the only reason I, I sometimes get up and I'm like thinking, oh, I can't believe I overslept, I sometimes, the first thing I do when I wake up is, you know, I pray and and spend time with God and then read the Bible. So I have made it into just like my own little visual. So I imagine the Lord sitting at a dinner table, like a romantic dinner table, waiting for me. So when I tell him that I will meet him every morning at a certain time at 2.30 in the morning to pray to talk to him and then to get in his word so he can teach me and become just more knowledgeable on his ways. When I don't wake up, I imagine him just still sitting at that dinner table with the rose in the middle and the candles lit up waiting for me. So I feel very guilty by not waking up on time, especially when I woke up and thought to myself well the second alarm is going to come back on I know I can snooze for five minutes because my alarms are like five minutes apart well those five minutes (laughs) turn into an hour and a half so kind of upsetting but as I was reading I came across two bible verses I want to share with you guys and um, the first one is from first corinthians chapter seven verse one So it says, now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, nevertheless because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife, um, render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. Um, you were brought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. And brethren, let each one remain with God in the state in which he was called. And the second verse I want to read is 1 Corinthians um, verse 11, chapter 11, I'm sorry, verse 2. And it says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. So I kind of just, you know, it's really talking about marriage, but it makes me think about my relationship with God. Of course, this applies to everything. So the 
12 marriage assassins that I will go through, um, I kind of will tailor to my relationship with God. So the first assassin that will kill a marriage um, is selfishness. And when I think about selfishness, I think about, well, I am too busy. I have so many things going on. I don't have time for God. Like we, be, we become selfish and we make excuses as why we don't have time for God. And, um, you know, there's a thing that says uh, anything you do not feed will die. So if you do not feed your marriage with God, it will die. Just like any relationship, anything that you don't feed, it will die. The relationship with your children, the relationship at work. If you don't consistently have a relationship at work or you don't show up for work, these things will die. Relationship with your parents or the best friend, your partner, these things will die. So I just kind of want to... um, discuss on how these things when they apply to God our relationship if we are selfish and we do not have time for God this relationship can die and not because the Lord wants it to but because of ourselves the choices we make and um, the second assassin is immaturity and when I think about immaturity I think about just me being stubborn, not wanting to listen, me being, well, going out and hanging out with my friends is more important than spending time with God. Or you know what, I'm just going to run around and be with my friends, go out to the club, go to the bars or whatever. This is, you know, like I have time. I, you know, we, we do these things thinking it's all right if I go and hang out with my friends and do these things or if I just go out to the bar with my friend but I I don't drink so you know just to accompany them there's no harm in that like that is a maturity and um, maturity you know kind of lets us know well we have a problem here how do we work this out that's when you when you are mature you start to really think about things like well Will it affect me if I go and do these things? I know they're not right. You know, like if I want to hang out with my friend and spend time with her or him, we can do it in a different environment. I do not need to go to the club with you. Or I do not need to go to the bar with you. These are things that, you know, as us being immature in our relationship with God, we think that they're okay. And um, the third assassin that will kill our marriage is lofty expectations so that one kind of reminds me of when I first started you know walking with Christ these lofty expectations of well as soon as I start praying and start doing these things like problems that I do have will be resolved you know because I'm praying to God and he's gonna do it you know, it says, ask and you shall receive. So ask God, I ask that you remove this problem or that you remove this person. I ask that you help me, you know, like stop help, help, like help me stop being hurt. And these expectations of God is a genie. He's going to come and remove my pain. He's just going to remove people that are doing bad things to me. Like that is so inaccurate. 
Yes, God does protect us. But at the same time, he wants us to realize like, well, what are you doing that you keep putting yourself in these situations? You're asking me to help you with a job. And you're praying, saying, Lord, please give me a job. I need money. I need money. Then I give you a job. And you don't keep it. And then you're asking me again, God, please help me with a job. Or you're asking me, God, please help this man stop hurting me. Or help, you know, help this girl stop hurting me. But then again, you continue to accept inappropriate behavior. But then you come back to me and ask me to help you with the pain that supposedly I am causing you. Like these are, this is how God is like, I am, you know, like I'm trying to help you by figuring out the real problem. There is something that we do where we put ourselves in situations where we're allowing these things to happen to us. And we're like, God help, please. And then when we don't get the things that we want, God, I didn't get this job that pays $30 an hour. And like, how could you? And now all of a sudden we don't believe in God. You know what? I need a drink. I need to go get a drink. Like, I'm, ha- I'm just overwhelmed. I'm having a hard time. Like, what are we doing? These lofty expectations that God is just going to miraculously do these things for us without us putting any work. It is crazy. And um, number four, the assassin is role reversal. So again, I think this comes kind of with like the lofty expectations. So just kind of, well, God, you know, I prayed for this thing and I am feeling in my heart. um, I'm going to, you know, that I need to take this job. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. So we reverse the roles of like, instead of, we know God is going to provide. God is going to let us know. We pray and automatically within 10 minutes, we're like, okay, well, Um, I honestly feel very well that I should take this job. And um, I'm feeling very confident. Yeah, I know God wants me to do this. Like, you know, God, God doesn't want any harm for me. So we start reversing these roles of instead of now us hearing God, we're kind of trying to play God like, okay, yeah, I know this is for me, so I'm just going to do it. God speaks to us and it takes patience. And sometimes we're so impatient that we try to reverse the role and, you know, actually do the things ourselves. And God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed or stressed. You know, he wants us to come to him and to speak to him and to wait to hear from him. Just like any relationship, when you're going through something that's kind of hard, you kind of need some time to sit down and process everything and try to figure out a way to do things differently. It's the same thing when we pray and we we talk to God for certain things. We have to sit down and really analyze, like, God, what are all the ins and outs of this? And when we don't do that, we just go ahead and do the role reversal. That destroys our marriage. We have, we have now become dominant and weak. And uh, so number five, the assassin that will destroy your marriage is manipulation. And I think that is a big one. 
manipulation is I just think is just so it's one of the most unfair ones because it kind of it shows that we have ill intent okay so for instance again I'm giving going back to like the job example God if you give me this job I promise I will stop doing a b and c if you give me this job I will stop so now we're saying like God I will only listen to you if you give me what I want. And that's not how a relationship goes. You listen and you do what the other person or whatever, you know, the other person kind of needs from you because you want to do it for them. You love this person, you know, but now we're manipulate, manipulating situations like, God, I will follow you. Yes, I will pray, but... I need you to help me financially, um, physically, because I'm having some, you know, some issues with my health. Like, I need these things for you to fix. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and follow you and pray. But I need you to do these things as well. No, that's not how it works. We pray and we seek God because we seek that relationship with him. We want to be close to him. And... um Of course, I think we all in the beginning start this relationship with God in a manipulation form like God. You know, I'm praying for you so you can do this for me. And I promise that if you do, I will fast for six days. I will stop talking to a certain person. I will pray more. I, You know, we start trying to manipulate this relationship with God. And I... As anybody who has ever been in a situation where they have been manipulated, it does not feel good. And uh, number six, the assassin is lack of commitment. So again, I think that goes hand in hand with manipulation. And lack of commitment, just saying you're going to do things that you're not going to do. God, I promise if you do this for me, I'll do A, B, and C. God does provide sometimes he will answer your prayer and then you go ahead and not commit to a b and c these we as humans always always lack commitment to whether it is I'm gonna wake up early in the morning we don't do it or I have to go get a haircut today but we procrastinate or we find excuses like we just commitment is so hard and then it's not developed unless you practice it like there has to be discipline in your life in order to, to be committed to things and um, again just commitment can cause us to fall in this relationship with God saying we're gonna you know talk to him at a certain time and never show up oh well because I slept in then I just kind of missed that hour no although I slept in yeah but I'm still gonna stick to what I said I'm here but I'm late and that sometimes is hard to do as well and number seven the number seven assassin is promiscuity so um you know, we all know 
God orders us to have sex, wait till sex, till marriage, and a lot of us fail to do that. And I think that just kind of leaves the door open for the enemy to attack us. And it prolongs our relationship with Christ. We have these false narratives of what love is. And we come to God expecting to feel the pleasures that we're used to getting from the world to get them from Him. And although He provides us these pleasures, He does them in a different way, which is a way better way than the world does. But we have opened our eyes to this false narrative of what love is by having sex with other people. So when we come to God and we're like, I need love, I need to feel love. We try to sometimes um, compare it to those times we were intimate with other people. Well, it doesn't feel this way sometimes, Lord. So my really having a relationship here with you, like we start comparing and that is so bad once we start doing that. So yeah, and again, it, it leaves the door open for the enemy to kind of just use us and abuse us. And number eight is the assassin of marriage is stress. So stress is a big one. Us thinking that, you know, we have all these problems and we come, we cannot come to our partner, which is Christ, and give him everything. God can do everything. Uh, God, I have a problem where I am not understanding things. I come to you so you can allow me, you can give me this wisdom and this knowledge and understanding that I need. Instead of doing that, we stress. What am I gonna do? How am I gonna fix this? Where should I go? Where should I, you know, like what? Do I need extra study time? Do I need extra... Um, You know, like we start stressing about how we're going to fix a certain situation. And instead, God shows us that stress is not good for us. We need to come to him in those moments. And we start to ruin our relationship with God when we think, no, I know better. I'm just going to sit here by myself and think about million ways, get online and search how I can make extra income instead of going into prayer and breaking down in front of God. we rather do other things and stress. And number nine is income, economic pressure. So again, that's kind of comes hand in hand with stress. So economic pressure, we start getting all these bills and we have all these money problems that, you know, can destroy a relationship, a marriage. And instead of coming to God and asking God to provide because he is our provider, we just try to do it on our own. And number 10, the assassin is incompatibility. So just trying to, God, I, I don't, I'm coming and praying to you. I don't hear from you. I don't feel like I have anything to talk to you about. We feel like we have nothing in common with God. 
you start thinking, I'm showing up to these meetings and I'm praying and I'm doing this and that and I still can't hear you. We're so focused on what am I getting out of it? It's that selfish part. We're focused on what am I getting out. And instead of just being there, trying to get to know God, we are automatically trying to figure out what do I have in common with you? I feel like I have nothing in common with you. And uh, number 11 is outside interferences. So kind of just, that one to me is actually a big one. Kind of going and talking to other people who are believers of Christ or say they're believers in Christ, but are not doing the essential things that they need to be doing. So you go to a person that, you know, believes in God, but is praying once a week or praying 10 minutes per day and wants to tell you all these things about God like they know him and it could be possible that they know God but I can tell you that if they're giving 10 minutes a day they don't have a relationship with God I'm sorry it's just not possible because I know when I was thinking well I'm giving 10 minutes I'm giving 10 minutes here and I'm giving 10 minutes there you know I I know God I was so wrong. I did have a relationship with God, but that relationship was all about me. When I really got into, I want to know him. Oh, it became, I want to spend hours with him, not just minutes. Yes, I will check in throughout the day for like 10 minutes while I'm at work. Or that might be even really two minutes. I might check in a few minutes here and there. But before I get my day started I'm checking in and I'm checking in for at least an hour and a half or two hours I want to be with you so I would say outside interference is big stay connected with your pastor with somebody who is in the church that is God-fearing who is spending hours and hours with God a week Start connecting with those people instead of friends who just watch The Passion of the Christ and now know about God. Or friends who go to church every single Sunday, but throughout the week do other things. Get close to somebody who can actually give you advice on what you're learning about in the Bible, not just your own problems, but seek someone who has knowledge on God's, you know, just the way he wants us to be with him. God's knowledge for us. Seek people that know about that. And number 12 is unforgiveness. So number 12 is an assassin, one of the biggest assassins in a relationship is unforgiveness just constantly being reminded about things and this allows you to not pursue that relationship the way it's supposed to be going so if we are constantly like God coming to God and we're praying and we're like I just can't believe you took my mom from me I can't believe you took my son from me We're coming to God 
and we're praying, but we're doing it in an unforgiving way. We are seeking God according to us, but we're also seeking God and we're talking to him about how he removed certain things. How do we not know that these things that he removed from us were for the better of them or the better of us? We don't. But we come to God and we ask, God, you know, I loved him so much. How could you take him away from me? God, you hurt me so much because you didn't do this for me. How can you do that to me? God doesn't want any pain for us. And this is why he wants us to get to know him. Get to know him and the Father so well. To where we come to him for everything. Especially in moments when we are hurt. Because he will provide us peace and strength. And will eventually, you know, help us walk and embrace that pain. And, um... But we all fall and we start saying, God, you you caused me so much pain. I can't believe you did this to me. And slowly but surely, we begin to walk away from the relationship we have with God. Because we think that if he loves us so much, he knew that I love this person. How can he take him from me? You can't love me. So we begin to stop coming to God and talking to God. And that's the same thing in a relationship. For instance, if you think about a job, I can't believe they knew I wanted this position. I've worked with them for years and I applied to move higher up and they didn't give it to me with all the experience, all the overtime I do. How could they? Now we begin to feel a certain way towards our employer. And every time they ask us to do something, we're like, nope. You didn't give me that position. We're holding on to that unforgiveness that eventually, you know, allows us to hate our job. Same thing in a relationship. Someone hurts us, and we constantly remind ourselves on how we hurt. That is unforgiveness, and that will ultimately destroy the relationship. And... I Like I said, I think all of these are good pointers. Um, all of these assassins, these 12 assassins can break any type of relationship. Any type of relationship. And it is so important for us to have a strong relationship with God. Because unless we have that, every other relationship in our life will fail. Any relationship in our life will fail due to these 12 assassins. So I hope you guys are encouraged. I will put it on the description of the episode. I will put down the Bible verses along with the 12 steps if anyone is interested in writing them down. And um, yeah, I hope you guys have a great and beautiful day. I will see you guys back here tomorrow. Bye.